listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Big man, we got... Well, you heard the men with the dulcet tones and golden pipes. We're 11 hours away from another NFL Sunday. It's week six, and we've got a packed show tonight. And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. Tonight... I focus on the incredible NFL storylines this season that all, well, they all seem to revolve around the same position on the field. In a minute, I'll take a deep dive into the historical possibilities that lie ahead of us, potentially. That's not hyperbole. In about 15 minutes, Steve Fezzik will join via phone as we chop up week six in the NFL rapid-fire fashion. And, of course, later on, after Brian Fenley's epic update, Sleepy will weigh in on another best bet. He's 5-0, and by the way, and I will continue with some more NFL fodder. Of course, we wrap things up with Mackinac Sports as we close down the show with the Thinking Man segment of the program. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. So you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in William H. Macy, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, last Sunday night, yes, when Russell Wilson drove the length of the field as time ran out, thus ripping victory away from the Vikings in the last seconds while also ripping the hearts out of the Minnesota faithful, he made history in multiple ways. For starters, not only was Seattle outgained in that game, they became the first team in NFL history to start 5-0 and in spite of being outgained in yards in all five games. And the Seahawks, well, they weren't just outgained. The Vikings managed 449 yards to Seattle's 313 the men in purple, well, they, they gobbled up 136 more yards than their opponent, and they still lost and approved once again. You can't give Russell Wilson any time. The Vikings pulled ahead of the Seahawks 26-21 midway through the fourth quarter and had the ball and a chance to extend their lead in the final three minutes. Instead, Minnesota turns the ball over on downs, giving Wilson a minute 57 to take his team 94 yards Wilson only needed a minute 42, by the way, and he connected with DK Metcalf for another game-winning touchdown. Now, Wilson, Russell Wilson this year spent much of the game trailing an opponent and trailing opponents with losing records. But he, all he does every week is, is basically cement his front-runner status for the NFL's Most Valuable Player Award. It's, it's very much intact. And by the way, again, last week we pointed out that at 4-0, being outgained in every game, Pete Carroll's bunch, they had already made history then. They were the only other team to do that in, in, in NFL history were the 2012 Arizona Cardinals. They also started 4-0. They were outgained in every game, but it caught up with them. They finished the season a paltry 5-11, didn't come close to the playoffs. Now, when they write the journal diary for the NFL 2020 season, they might have to change the old mantra from, quote, defense wins championships to, quote, quarterbacks win championships. Clearly, as we head toward November, this NFL season is becoming defined, in my humble opinion, as the year of the quarterback. And I'm not just talking about game-winning drives, Super Bowl runs, or record-setting performances. I'm talking about the fact that virtually every storyline so far this season has emanated from the quarterback position. Take Alex Smith. 
It wasn't that long ago doctors told Alex he might not only lose his leg, he could lose his life. 17 surgeries later, he took the field for the Washington football team last week just in time to be sacked by Aaron Donald. Incredible. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot tell me you watched that and you weren't moved. Smith's career was declared over by virtually every pundit. His team used their first-round pick that offseason to get a new quarterback, and the world moved on. That is, everyone moved on except for Alex Smith. He's 36 years old now, and like I said, he's endured 17 surgeries. He finally got medical clearance just before the season began. He takes the field Sunday after an injury to Kyle Allen, and he throws his first official pass for the first time in 693 days. I'm telling you, it's the year of the quarterback. Even Ryan Fitzmagic got into the act last week. Threw for 360 yards and three touchdowns while sporting a 155 passer rating. Now, Fitzpatrick, he's had his fair share of ups and downs in his career and fair share of highlights, but this was one of his bigger ups. Now, I don't know if he's got job security. Two was waiting in the wings. But out of every five games, Fitzmagic seems to have three good ones, so he may be around for a while. We'll take Tom Brady. He's got 12 touchdown passes and four interceptions. Not bad for a 43-year-old. Now, Tampa Bay is 3-2, and two, and even though Brady's learning a new offense, no OTAs, no preseason workouts, no preseason games, it's going to take eight games for that offense to mesh. And when they do, and what do people point at, by the way? His four fingers last week at the end of the Thursday night game in Chicago. That's the flashpoint? We can't forget the number one overall pick. Hey, Joe Burrow finally was reminded last week he's a rookie. He got hammered by the Ravens. He took a lot of hits. Jared Goff, he threw for 309 yards last week in another Rams victory. Well, he's very quietly reminding us they don't exactly miss Todd Gurley. But let's not bury the lead. Let's get to the point. Dak Prescott's record-setting season is over. Prescott, he had just scrambled for a nine-yard game in the third quarter of Sunday's game against the Giants when he had his legs tangled underneath him and he was tackled. His right foot appeared to spin around, and Dak sat on the field clenching his calf, and the medical cart came out, and we all know what's next. He had tears in his eyes. He was taken off the field on the back of a cart. In comes Andy Dalton, who led the team to a narrow 37-34 victory. Now, you may remember this. Back in late May, I sang the praises of Jerry Jones, who had the foresight to take out an insurance policy courtesy of native Texan known as the Andy Dalton Agency. This might be possibly another one of the NFL ironies that supplies with an endless supply of lore. Could Jerry get to the promised land with a backup quarterback? Hey, now don't shake your head so quickly, lest we forget it was Nick Foles who got Philadelphia the Lombardi Trophy after Carson Wentz went down. And who could forget the most famous team of all time? The group in 1972 who went 17-0-0. And it allowed Mercury Morris to become obnoxious for four decades. Yes, I'm talking about Don Shula's Miami Dolphins. When Hall of Fame quarterback Bob Greasy went down that season after week five, it was a journeyman, Michigan Stater backup, guy by the name of Earl Morrill. He guided the team all the way back to the Super Bowl. Um, that was Super Bowl seven. Greasy's injury? Guess what? It was a dislocated ankle and a fracture. Sound familiar? Now, to be fair, Bob Greasy did return in time to play in the Super Bowl, but it was Earl Morrill who saved the day when Greasy went down, and uh, in his absence, Morrill went 11-0. 
So what's the moral here tonight? I'm convinced that when, again, they write the history books for the 2020 season, as I said earlier, the headline will be the year of the quarterback. And look no further than the Dallas Cowboys for the epicenter of the plot. The developing story in Big D is simple. Can history repeat itself behind the comedic stylings of Andy Dalton? I am not joking here. Before you poo-poo Dalton's resume, let me share some information I bet you didn't know. Since 2011, Andy Dalton is one of just six quarterbacks in the NFL to accomplish the following. 30,000 yards, passing, 200 passing touchdowns, and 70 wins. The only other five quarterbacks in history to have done that? Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. They've all won Super Bowls. And Matt Ryan, who's been to a Super Bowl. Now, what do they have in common? Like I said, they've all been to the Super Bowl, and four of the five hoisted the Lombardi Trophy at least once. The fifth, Matt Ryan, he even had a 25-point lead on Bill Belichick in Super Bowl 50, and you know what happened next, but all right, I digress. Now, not only that, Andy Dalton has actually started a playoff game in each of his first four seasons in Cincinnati. The only other quarterbacks to do that, Otto Grand, Google him. He's pretty good. Hall of Fame. Joe Flacco, whether you like him or not, he won a Super Bowl. And that guy I just mentioned a minute ago, Russell Wilson. So this is the company Dalton's in. Breeze, Rogers, Brady, Ryan, Roethlisberger, Otto Graham, Flacco, Russell Wilson. Get the picture? Andy Dalton is not a ham and egger. Think what you want. So the $64 question. Can the Cowboys win when it matters most in January with Andy Dalton at the helm? Last Sunday, for the better part of a quarter and a half, Dalton was in control of the Cowboys' offense. He completed 9 of 11 passes for 111 yards. And one of the players checked in, rookie receiver CeeDee Lamb, who basically said, you know what, we trusted him. He's very calm, he's very composed, like he's been there before. That's pretty nice praise from CeeDee Lamb. Let's take a quick glimpse at what Dalton did before he got to Dallas between 2011 and 2019. He started every season for the Bengals. In that time, he started 133 games, and his yearly completion average was never less than 58%. It topped out about 67% one year. Over the years, nine years, it averaged to 62%. That's not bad. In those years, Dalton threw 204 touchdowns, only getting intercepted 118 times. That gives him a career interception rate of 2.6%. That's very good. He was also a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback, 2011, 2014, and 2016. And his win-loss record with the Bengals. This is the Bengals. Not the 70s Steelers or the 80s Cowboys or the 90s 49ers, or actually the 80s 49ers and the 90s Cowboys. You get the picture. The Bengals. He was 70 and 61. He had receivers like, oh, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. Those were his best receivers. The best running backs he ever had were Cedric Benson, God rest his soul, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Don't tell me you don't remember that name. The law firm. Give Chris Bourbon credit for that one. The law firm of Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. You might have even had him on your fantasy team at one point. Or not. How about the legendary Jeremy Hill? And then he had a bit of time with Joe Mixon. Not exactly murderer's role. He's got better weapons in Dallas. So here's the situation. A picture emerges from all these numbers and all this anecdotal information. Andy Dalton's pretty good. And early in his career, he was considered very good. Good enough to get himself into the Pro Bowl three times. And Cincinnati has been a weak team in general for a decade. 
Now, that wasn't always Dalton's fault, and I get it. He didn't save him either. But his career numbers, they're, well, let's just say this. They're solid, but they're unspectacular. But guess what? So were Earl Morals. So let's let the games begin. This is the year of the quarterback. Would it not be the irony of ironies if Dallas gets to the Super Bowl with a backup? Coming up, Steve Fezzik will join us. We're going to go over NFL Week 6 in rapid-fire fashion. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Perk up your ears for Farmers Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or affiliate. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's waste no time. Let's welcome in a gentleman, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest here in Las Vegas. You hear him Monday through Friday on the weekday version of Straight Out of Vegas, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern, the inimitable Steve Fezzik. Fez, how are you, bud? Bernie, I am humbled. I've been listening. Arnie's been killing it. You've been killing it. Steve DeSager, special delivery with great updates. You know what? Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio is just fantastic. That's what I'm talking about, man. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, Grandpa, put on pants. Let's go. All right, wake the kids, too, while you're at it. Fez, let's dive right into this. Carolina, you know, they've been pretty good under Matt Rule, and the reason I say that is... They're actually winning the stats battle against some quality opponents. Short line against the Bears tomorrow. Yeah, I lean to Carolina. The money's been coming on the Bears, so I'm against the money here. The narrative on Carolina, I think it was accurate. No continuity. They're going to struggle early. They dropped their first two games straight up and against the spread. Since then, three straight upsets. A team on the come. A team you'll make money betting on. Lions coming off a bye, short favorite on the road. They get to face Jacksonville, a defense who couldn't stop a nosebleed. Here's what's interesting, Fez. Now that the Lions season is over, come on, forget it. No expectations, no pressure, no anticipation for success. This is when Stafford and company are at their best. Who do you like tomorrow? Yeah, I'd look towards your Detroit Lions strength of schedule edge. The Lions have actually played the second-hardest schedule by my numbers in the NFL. Jacksonville, the eighth easiest. Jacksonville playing worse every week. I'd look to the Lions. Minnesota laying three-and-a-half against Atlanta tomorrow. Mike Zimmer is 21-4 and against the number, coming off a loss when he faces a non-divisional opponent. Atlanta, no more Dan Quinn. And in the NFL, in the last 11 games, when a coach is fired the following week, team is only 3-8 and against the number. I like Minnesota here a lot tomorrow. I do, too. And, you know, it's interesting, five. Five straight weekends. Money has come in on these Atlanta Falcons. No one really understands why. Well, it's not coming in on them this week. Money's been coming in on the Vikings. I think they're the right side. At the Tennessee Titans, I think Mike Vrabel's done a phenomenal job with this team in the last couple of years. They're 4-0, but they've only covered once tomorrow. They get the Houston Texans. 
and I'm looking towards the Texans, and it's all about the fact that they, their wide receivers have not been healthy. They lost Hopkins. That was fine. They got Cooks and Fuller. When both those guys who are burners are healthy, this is a good team. Last week was the first week both were healthy, got targeted 20 times. Big game. I'd look to Houston. The New York Giants, I had to do a double take. I've checked with the Ripley's, believe it or not, people. They're actually a favorite tomorrow. The New York Giants are a favorite against the Washington football team. Well, I guess somebody had to be favored, but but they didn't have to be favored by two and a half to three. If you have to play it, take the points. All right, tomorrow this is a game that's really got my attention. I'm a big Pittsburgh fan uh, because I don't think they're getting enough credit for how good they are. Defensively, they're way better than average, in my opinion. I don't care about their strength of opponent. You can only ask them to beat who they play. Fez, the last two times the Steelers have started 4-0. They won the Super Bowl both years. That was 78 and 79. They're laying three and a half tomorrow against this upstart Cleveland team. Yeah, and you were actually in studio with me when we broke out how the Steelers, even if you normalize for that easy uh, strength of schedule, they're still been a darn impressive team with their margin of victory and Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, his ribs not being 100%, Steelers leading the league in sacks. Uh, prediction, Baker Mayfield does not get out of the game, does not make it through the game, Pittsburgh covers. And let's not bury the other lead in this game. The last 40 times the Steelers have uh, played Pittsburgh 34-5-1, and including beating them 16. Let me try that again in English. The Steelers don't play Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh plays the Browns. 16 straight losses by the Browns at Three Rivers, Fez. Hey, it's only a sample of 40. How important can that be? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm sorry. As I said on Arnie's show tonight, Cleveland reminds me of the famous actress Lily Tomlin, who once said, "I always wanted to be somebody. I just wish I'd been more specific." I'm not buying this Cleveland team. Just can't do it. All right, Philadelphia Fez. They played Pittsburgh last week. They actually moved the ball pretty well. Tomorrow they're getting seven and a half against another good defense in Baltimore. And this is steamed all the way up to 10 because Lane Johnson, a fourth lineman, is now out for the Eagles. I get it, cluster injuries, but Lane Johnson, a hobbled already Lane Johnson, is not worth two and a half points to the spread. If you bet it, I take the birds plus the 10. Talking with Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest here in Las Vegas. Catching weekdays straight out of Vegas, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. All right, let's head to Indianapolis, laying a big number against Cincinnati. Finally, Joe Burrow looked like a rookie last week against that Baltimore defense. Now he gets another very tough defense, no rest for the weary. Yeah, and I think that the Bengals are in actually a good spot. They are embarrassed so badly, and frankly, the Colts and Rivers are not the sort of team that have the weapons to separate. I'd look to Cincy. All right, uh, let's head to Miami. Again, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Miami, is, is this number right? They're laying nine against the Jets tomorrow. Are the Jets that bad? The Jets really are that bad. I have the Jets the worst team in the NFL. You know, I thought they were historically bad, 12 points worse than an average team. But uh, Miami was actually 16 points worse after week four last year. So the Jets still have some, some uh, bad play to do to equal that level of incompetence. All right, San Francisco was embarrassed last week. They were laying eight, and they lost to the, the aforementioned Carolina Panthers. But I typically uh, have a lot of respect for a proud team coming off an embarrassing effort. I get the sense they bounce back tomorrow as a home dog against the Rams. Your thoughts? This is my best bet. I am on the 49ers 
plus the three. Great spot for the Niners. Their third straight home game, and they lost the first two. So they'll be triply focused here. And the Rams' fourth road trip the last five weeks, three of them were to the East Coast. 49ers win the game. I'm glad you brought that up. They have done nothing except crisscross the country for the last month and a half. That ha- there has to be a cumulative effect, Fez, on their legs. No, oh, absolutely. And normally you'd say, hey, this is a pretty short road trip, no big deal. It's the cumulative effect, as you say, that is the issue. All right. Uh, Denver visits New England. I think this game is actually going to be played Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Is that correct? I have not seen that update yet, Burning. Okay. Well, here's where we're at. Belichick off a loss. By the way, when's the last time New England played a game? When Lincoln was present? I mean, it's been a while. But Belichick off a loss. But they're laying a big number here against Denver. It just seems to me like this game has a lot of, as you would say, unknowns. So do you even are you involved in this game at all? You know, I am not. I can tell you that the money has been pouring in on Denver, and I think part of that's just that Drew Locke is going to start, and he's worth three points to the line. But with all the uncertainty, I have not invested in it. Okay. A game uh, that I'm very interested in because I'm not only very interested in the, the storyline for the remainder of the season with the Dallas Cowboys for obvious reasons. They are home Monday against a, a surging Arizona Cardinal team who, who this is the third time this year they've laid points on the road. So they're laying points on the road on a Monday night game. And Dallas historically has done pretty well, Fez, as a home dog. But there's another aspect to this game. I'd like you to comment on it because it's the third straight home game for Dallas, but the third straight away game for Arizona. That's only happened 10 or so times in the last 15, 20 years. And the road team, 44% against the number in this situation. And Arizona is laying points. The road team is laying points. That's a bit of a mouthful there. Go ahead and respond to that. Props to our own Mackenzie Rivers, who did all the research on this and just blindly betting on or against the team that has their third straight road trip. You make money to the tune of 55 to 56 percent. But what I really like about this, these haven't just been small road trips. Arizona went all the way east back to back weeks, and now they go to Dallas almost a thousand miles on top of that. Bold prediction Dallas is the favorite come Monday kickoff. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. All right, final game, Kansas City and Buffalo. Buffalo, kind of a weird week. They don't know who they're going to play or when they're going to play. Now they get the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because this look-ahead line was three-and-a-half on this game. Now it's four-and-a-half to five. And I can see it with Kansas City off of that bad loss against the Raiders. They should be focused. And with the Bills being uh, fat and drunk and uh, not fat, drunk and happy, but just um, having a schedule that's completely unstable after the Tuesday game, uh, really strange circumstance for Buffalo. I passed the game. All right, good stuff, Fez. Let's do it next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. You ready? You're the best, Bernie. You want to be my agent? All right, that's Steve. <laughs> that's Steve Fezzik, folks. The only two-time winner of the Super Contest here in Las Vegas. Catch him Monday through Friday. Straight out of Vegas, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. Coming up, Sleepy with another best bet. Yes, he's 5-0. and 5-0. Oh. and oh. And I'm going to talk about one of the games tomorrow where everybody's focused on the quarterback matchup, and I think they're missing a key aspect of this contest, and I will break it down for you. But first... You know, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? That's why we go to the Silver Tongue Devil, Brian Finley, 
with the latest. That sounds a little bit like Eminem. Could that possibly be the great Plain Eminem? Peanut. <laughs> yes. I met Marshall Mathers once. Go ahead. Did you? Wow. I, the, I did. The Rays on their fourth try, closing out the Astros 4-2 in Game 7 of the ALCS to enter the World Series. Randy Arozarena hit a two-run blast in the first inning. His seventh jack of the season, which is one short of a league record. Here's Rays manager Kevin Cash exploring the phenomenon of nearly blowing a three-games-to-none lead. The last three days were pretty agonizing. Uh, there's no doubt. We definitely added to the, you know, to all of our um, stress levels. Uh, that's a really good team over there. Uh, and to think it would be wrong of anybody to assume that we were just going to walk through that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I probably would have rather got it done in game four or five than, than winning it in game seven. The Dodgers have a game seven in their future after hampering the Braves 3-1 in game six of the NLCS. Justin Turner and Corey Seager pounding solo home runs in the first inning. In college football, number two Alabama scoring 21 unanswered points in the second half and rubbing it in against third-ranked Georgia 41-24. Bama quarterback Mac Jones with a Herculean four touchdown throws and 417 yards passing. Florida State horrifies number five, North Carolina, 31-28. The Seminoles, 24 second quarter points. Number 23, Virginia Tech, outworking Boston College, 40-14. Number 11, Texas A&M, disfiguring Mississippi State, 28-14. The Bulldogs ran for minus two yards. And finally, Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., junior who were dubbed questionable this weekend are reportedly playing on Sunday against the Sealers. Now back to Bernie Frado, who is the most visited attraction that Vegas has to offer. Thanks, Brian. Good stuff, buddy. All right. Sleepy has another best bet. He's 5-0. and The first four weeks, he gave you player prop bets. Last week, he flipped to a teaser. That connected. 5-0. and now he's headed back toward the player prop side, and he's got an interesting one here involving my beloved Detroit Lions. And frankly, I think it makes a lot of sense because one particular player should be able to take advantage of a of well below average defense. Let's uh, take a listen. All right, Bernie, I'm recommending a play coming from your old stomping grounds, Detroit. I'm recommending a play on Lions running back Adrian Peterson to score a touchdown. Now, we can get Peterson to score a TD right around even money. I believe the Lions are going to be in a position to run the ball. They probably won't fall behind, in which they won't have to be extra heavy in the passing game. The Jaguars' rush defense, seventh worst in the league right now, giving up almost 150 yards a game. In the last two games, that Jaguars' rush defense, it was lit up by David Johnson and Joe Mixon for almost 250 yards. AP, I don't know, Bernie, you tell me. It looks like he has some new life in those legs. Not only does he look fast, but he looks very strong. And let me point this out as well. Peterson, he's looking to move from fifth all-time to fourth all-time on the rushing leader list. Yes, he's still 800 yards shy, but I believe he's looking to go ahead and pass Lions all-time great Barry Sanders as one of Peterson's career goals. Here's one other thing, Bernie, and I believe this has a high probability of getting AP in the end zone as well. Jaguars secondary. They're a mess right now and they're not playing well. Not only are they not playing well, but they've been flagged second highest in the league in pass interference calls. So if we can get Stafford in the red zone throwing balls into the end zone, I believe there's a high probability we can get a flag 
therefore setting Peterson up at the one-yard line, getting ready to punch it in. So, Bernie, my best bet for NFL Week 6, Adrian Peterson to score a touchdown. All right, so what's interesting is I actually look for the Lions to put up about 35 points tomorrow against that bad Jaguars defense. Uh, They're coming off a bye week. There's no pressure on this team anymore, and this is actually when they start to do well. Uh, Their win season total was 6.5. Don't be surprised if they climb over that with a meaningless seven wins and they get it done tomorrow against Jacksonville. There's going to be points scored. Why not? And Sleepy's on a roll. He's he's five and zero. Oh. The other game I want to talk about tomorrow that I teased before Brian's update: Tampa Bay hosts uh, Green Bay, and there have been so many varying opinions about that game throughout the week from various folks, and everybody wants to focus on Brady versus Rodgers, and and that's fine. I get it. You know, okay, let's talk about that for just a second. Aaron Rodgers. He's having a career year, I think. He's, he's 4-0 for the third time in his career. He's completing 71% of his passes. That's first. That would rank first of any of his seasons. His pass yards per game, he's averaging 304 yards per game through the air. That would be second in an Aaron Rodgers' career per season. His passer rating this season, 128.4. That would be first. And... You know, look, there's just no two ways about it. The Packers are doing what they're doing because of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to come back to that. Meanwhile, Tom Brady. Now, his first two games, he only threw for 228 yards per game. He had three touchdowns, three interceptions. His passer rating was 79.3. His last three games, big jump. Brady's now throwing for 306 yards per game, nine touchdowns, one interception. His passer rating is 106.7. You just wait till this team gets past seven, eight, nine games, and this offense will start to kick in. No OTAs, no preseason to speak of, no preseason games. It takes a minute for this team to gel, and I talked about it last week. They're scruffy around the edges. They commit penalties. They turn the ball over. That'll get corrected. And by the way, Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good, and they run the ball well. Here's where I think everybody is neatly omitting what the storyline of this game should be tomorrow. And it kicks off at 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific. Aaron Rodgers' sparkling statistics are masking a very below-average defense. If you don't believe me, every time an opponent for Green Bay has gotten into the red zone this year, they've scored 100% of the time. Whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown, they've scored 100% of the time. That would rank last in the National Football League. Teams, and this is going to bode well for Ronald Jones tomorrow of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, opponents are averaging 4.8 yards per carry against the Packers. That would rank 25th defensively across the league. And if Ronald Jones can run the ball, that's going to open up passing lanes for Tom Brady. And Chris Godwin is back tomorrow. Here's another advanced stat you don't hear a lot about. It's called missed tackles. Green Bay is missing 10.8 tackles a game. That's not good. Again, that ranks that would rank 30th among NFL defenses. So Aaron Rodgers has really put that team on his back. And by the way, three of the last four games of Packers opponents have scored 21-plus points. Tampa Bay is going to get their points tomorrow. And if they don't turn the ball over and continue to commit stupid penalties and self-inflicted wounds, I think Tampa Bay wins the game. We'll see. 
I didn't bet the game. I'm not making any predictions. But everybody thinks that Green Bay just has to show up, throw their hel- you know helmet on the field, and win. I'm not seeing it that way. Tampa Bay should be four and one. They're three and two again. Let's unpack this at the end of the year. Everybody can save their old man jokes. I don't care. Think whatever the hell you want about Brady. He continues to confound his critics, and when he doesn't, I'll admit it. But for now, I believe in the guy just like I did in 2018 when everybody said I was nuts when I said they'd win the Super Bowl, and they did. By the way, I want to talk about the Steelers real quickly because. They've really caught my eye. I mentioned earlier that they're 4-0 for the first time in 40 years. The last time they did it was 1978, and again in 1979, they won the Super Bowl both years. And I have special interest in Super Bowl 14 when they beat the Rams 31-19. I was living in Southern California at the time. And I'll never forget this. This really started to get me interested in betting. The Steelers opened up as an 11.5-point favorite against my beloved Rams with Vince Ferragamo and Wendell Tyler. And Rams had a real good team that year. And I went to the game. The game was played at the Rose Bowl. Well, the Steelers were trailing 19-17 to heading into the fourth quarter. Then Bradshaw and company took over, scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns. The Steelers win Super Bowl XIV, 31-19. And yes, they cover an 11.5-point spread. How did that happen? They did it. And that got me interested in betting. All I know is this Pittsburgh team, remind, there's a cultural thing there. They have it. They have it in spades. They don't even have Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell anymore. They don't miss him at all. They're hitting on all three phases. Are they perfect? No. But Big Ben, coming off an injury, he's having an excellent year. All I guess I'm saying is, don't be surprised if Pittsburgh's in the Super Bowl again. As I said, the last two times they started 4-0. They went to the Super Bowl, even though it's been, they won the Super Bowl, even though that was 40 years ago. And of course, they've won since as well. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about the Steelers. Something to keep an eye on. All right, coming up, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. Mackinac Sports. We're going to talk about, we're going to continue this year of the quarterback conversation tonight. And McKenzie has a little bit different angle, so you don't want to miss that. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Frado. You get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making, lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state and discount varies. Only available with select Farmer's branded policy. Subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmer's Drug and Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Perk up your ears for Farmer's Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. They are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team, Back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. That would be Chris Perfett, 
Eric Roberts and Brian the Silver Tongue Devil Finley. Yes, sir. All right, you know him, you love me, Canley. Without him, the Thinking Man segment of the show. Welcome in Mackenzie Rivers and continuing our motif tonight with the year of the quarterback. Mackenzie has ranked all 32 quarterbacks, but one of the things I want to dive into here, Mackenzie, is the rankings as they pertain and correlate to possibly getting to the Super Bowl. Let's head to Pittsburgh where you've got 17th ranked Baker Mayfield. Uh, teeing it up against ninth-ranked Ben Roethlisberger, who, by the way, very quietly, 10 touchdowns, one interception. He's been flawless, and they're playing a really a different style in Pittsburgh than he's used to. A lot of shorter passes, and you see a lot of end-arounds. Clay, uh, Clay, Claypool getting the four TDs last yep. week. It's an explosive offense. I really love it. I think Big Ben is probably, in his late age, almost as good as he's ever been. You know, Rafael Nadal talks about it all the time. You lose a couple steps, but what you gain upstairs is invaluable. Ben Roethlisberger... Very much a Super Bowl contender. And he's won a couple, so that matters. All right. I want to head to Monday night. This is intriguing. You've got Kyler Murray ranked sixth. He'll tee it up. You've only got Andy Dalton ranked 25th. What are your thoughts, and how does that correlate on how you might handicap that game? I don't think Andy Dalton's a bad quarterback. I just think he's limited. And I think, frankly, in 2012, he was more equipped to get you close to the Super Bowl into contention in that style of football than it is nowadays. Kyler Murray does everything that Lamar Jackson does, and he is one of the best, most natural throwers that I've ever seen. He can just he can just get you anything you want. The only real difference between that team, those teams, is the other 54 guys on that roster. I mean, it's a small sample size, but there was one game Lamar Jackson couldn't play or didn't didn't have to play, Week 17. They covered by 15 points with uh, RG3 in there. They have an elite defensive front. They have weapons. They have running games. They have the offensive line. If you put Kyler Murray on the Ravens, they'd be the best team in the league. Kyler Murray is that guy. We just don't know it yet. Well, clearly that from a skill set and from the highlight reel, no one can argue. But they haven't won, you know, Super Bowls or no. been. And, and one of the things I want to talk about, um, remember, he Andy Dalton back in 2012 was just coming out of TCU. It was his second year in the league. And I think he's a veteran now. Ironically, Dallas will not lean on him as much as they might have leaned on Dak. They'll lean more on the running game. Leighton Vander Esch back. I find it interesting, though, because Dalton might make enough plays to win that game. But be that as it may, all things equal, you'd take Kyler Murray over, over Andy Dalton. I get that. All right, let's talk about Rodgers and Brady. You've got Rodgers ranked third behind Wilson and Mahomes. No argument there. And you've got Brady ranked fourth. And I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not a Brady hater. I don't get this. So go, go ahead. 2018, Tom Brady's sixth in QBR. They score like, I don't know, 28 points a game, and they're like, oh, Brady's okay. If you look at their games, and that's the year they won the Super Bowl, by the way. If you look at all games they played against playoff teams that year, I can't, be- I couldn't believe it when I saw it. They scored 35 points a game. All the guy does is win. All the guy does is show up in the biggest moments and execute. He's in a brand-new team, brand-new situation, but this list is based on skill, and I think long-term potential. I think if you're looking at a Super Bowl contender, there's no place in the NFC South other than the Tampa Bay. Well, and, and I was doing the show then, and my buddy Rob Parker said he was dead man walking. He won a Super Bowl. Exactly. Okay, the last two years cumulatively, Brady, heading before this year, 51 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. By the way, in the last three games, as I mentioned earlier, nine touchdowns, one interception. His passer rating is 106.7. The man can still play. One more thing on Brady. Go ahead. These guys do it for a living. Pro football focus. Out of all the talk about how he fell off last year, number 11 rated quarterback last year by Pro Football Focus. Try number three this year. Nobody in media is talking about it, but Tom Brady's actually pretty damn good still. Defying father time. Got about a minute. 
But talk about Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, they both won Super Bowls earlier in their career. They're just fabulous to watch, and they produce results. I made this list a couple weeks ago, and I put I put number one Patrick Mahomes, number two Patrick Mahomes echoing throughout history. Because he made some plays against the Ravens that I've just never seen before, only in my wildest imagination or with a Nerf football. You know, I mean, if he, if he threw a behind-his-back pass, I would not be surprised. That said, looking at some of the tape with the Raiders game, I mean, the numbers bear it out. Next-gen stats, he's number 30th in accuracy. So I think experience, I think, you know, taking his time, being calm, cool, and collected, I don't think he – I think he's the future GOAT. I don't think he is right now. I think Russell Wilson's the best player in the league. It's amazing what he does on a nightly basis. Mahomes, 13 touchdowns, one interception, one last one. You've got Cam Newton ranked 18th, probably about where he should be. I don't know that that bodes well for New England's postseason chances. You know, I feel about Cam Newton the same way I feel about LeBron. He is so good at certain things. No one else can match it. For example, being one yard away from the goal line. No one else is even in the stratosphere. But you take the whole picture into account. Yeah, I think he's about 18. Good stuff, McKenzie. We'll uh, maybe pick up on this next week because there's a couple more. Derek Carr, 11 touchdowns, one interception. Josh Allen, 12-1. Don't sleep on one, and one. two gloves. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I want to thank Steve Fezzik for joining us. He'll be back again next week. Next up, sitting in for Jason Martin, the biggest name to come out of Oklahoma since Brad Pitt and Mickey Mantle. It's Chris Planks. Keep it locked right here. Straight Out of Vegas!